0: Welcome to the 187th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we're playing it, we will be talking about it. Today we are recording on June 30th, 2020. My name is Brad Galloway, I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is my co-host and a man who does not grow his
1: own broccoli, Carlos Rodella. No, I don't, but that's so funny you should mention it, because I'm having broccoli tonight for dinner. And you did not grow that broccoli. No, it is organic, though. Well, so someone grew it. Someone did a good job of growing it, and I paid them handsomely. (laughs) (laughs) Paid them that prime
0: uh, (laughs) organic broccoli price that's pretty
1: steep. It's it's more than normal broccoli price.
0: Let's just put it that way. That is absolutely true. That is absolutely true. Uh, You know, we... I, you know, I like the idea of buying organic stuff, but I really hate paying the price because I feel like it's just it's kind of a ripoff. Um, and, you know, don't any organic farmers email me because I, I apologize in advance. I just I can't afford your wares. But we are trying to <laughs> grow hilarious. our own broccoli in the backyard. And let me tell you, it's pretty difficult to grow your own broccoli. It's, it's tougher than you'd think.
1: I know. Th- I think it's actually tough. Like, right, like right out the gate, I think that sounds tough.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. you know, I figured seed, dirt, water, and you'd have some broccoli after a while, but it is actually more complicated than that, and we don't have to get into it now. This is not a farming podcast.
1: Uh, this but. is the broccoli cast, so just <laughs> the, so you know.
0: The cast here we go. <laughs> All right, enough of broccoli, uh, enough of that stuff. We are back, folks. It's been a little while, but we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. Good to be back in the podcasting chair. Before we jump right into our games coverage, Carlos, any housekeeping on your
1: end there? Just uh, one small thing is uh, we saw the announcement for Ease 9 uh, yes. and I was pretty excited about that because I've been playing Ease Calceta. calcetta, Calceta. I have no idea what they call it and I'm still <laughs> playing it without knowing the name of it. But whatever that game is, um, yeah I'm all, I'm all the way back into like the simple, simple, relaxing world of ease and uh, again doesn't take up a lot of brain power. It's just the hitting things and leveling up and and following adol's uh weird adventures and so ease 9 looks phenomenal it looks uh pretty much like they picked up where 8 left off uh, in the kind of new systems and mechanics and artwork and it seems really like a fun relaxing action rpg so i'm so in cool yeah i saw the announcement of ease 9 and i immediately was
0: like oh i better tell carlos and i think i tweeted you or emailed you or something Yep. And as soon as I sent off that message, I promptly deleted it from my memory. And I'm like, I <laughs> forgot this game even exists. Moving on with my life. Not yeah. going gonna to spend a moment on it, but I'm sure you will bring it to the show. I'm sure we will have a juicy discussion all about it when the time comes. So I yeah, I'll, I'll remind you about that. it when I'm
1: playing it. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm sure you will.
0: Okay. I have no housekeeping. Um, so let's just launch into coverage. Like I said, it's been a minute. And so we've got a little bit of a little backed up list of stuff to get to. It might be just a bunch of quickies today, folks. But we're going to clear the slate and get right down to it. Carlos, starting with you, we're going to have you cover maybe like the first three games on your agenda today. You started uh, with Mystery Game. Uh, You love to do Mystery Game. I don't know what that is. Talk about that one. And then let's talk about Tower of Time. And then let's talk about Path of Exile in that order. Take it away, sir.
1: Okay, yeah, just uh, some quick uh, sh- scatter shot. Is that how they say it? Scatter shot? Yeah, scatter shot, sure. Um, of games, uh, because I, I kind of tried a bunch of little ones this time uh, and not just uh, you know t- jumping into one huge experience. So the first is a mystery game. I kind of tricked you, because normally when I do mystery games, they're like these really weird uh, games where they don't make any sense, and I'm like explaining to you, and you go, is this like, even a game? Uh, this my mystery game that I went back to that I'd started in the past. And because I think of a comment you made or something, <clears throat> I I'm back into Mad Max. Oh
0: shit. Mad Max. That game is dope, dude. Nice. That game
1: is dope. You told me it's dope many times on this show. Probably. Uh, it's avalanche. And just recently I was like enamored with rage Two, Uh, and of course just cause series and I love them. And all of a sudden I go, I need some of post-apocalyptic game. Oh, yeah, I never beat Mad Max or even got very far in it, but really enjoyed it. So nothing really to say on it, but A, you're right. It's very good. Um, The mechanics are a little clunky when it comes to third-person action just because I feel like they do first-person better. Um, Just cause those third-person. Well, I don't know. I don't know why, but it's a little clunky. But other than that, it's almost flawless i really enjoy the experience and i'm definitely gonna try to beat it this time
0: oh dude i love mad max i that game is amazing i think I, I mean honestly i think that might be avalanche's best game or at least the one that i enjoy the most from them uh i i think that one is fantastic like the car combat
1: the, the car combat world is stuff. so good they
0: found so many ways to make a desert look amazing like you would think it's just sand but there's like there's like nine or 10 different distinct kind of like desert biomes within the desert. And it yeah. looks amazing. Like it's so cool. Uh, I think the jankiness you're talking about is they tried to do a little bit of that Arkham asylum sort of combat. I think it's fine. I, it is a little bit janky for sure. Uh, it's but like I, the, I think the it
1: roll okay. and stuff is like kind of super slow. A little you know? bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then chunky. like, and if you're going from just cause and rage two, which are really fast, it's yeah. like, it's interesting. It must just be like a different department or a different part of the company that worked on it. I feel like it's maybe not some of the same people, but, uh, it, with that said, you know, I love how they do, like when you go to an area and it says 100% complete, so you're not like looking around for scrap. You just know yeah, that you've cleared yeah. an area. They do all the right things when it comes to missions and storytelling and the action is fast and great. Uh, and like you said, the atmosphere is great. So anyways, not much to say about it, but you're right. Uh, of course, um, about talking uh, its praises so many times. And by the way, fun fact I found the first, or maybe all of the episodes of Video Game Break that we did on Cable Access. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I found the actual video files. So I was oh, thinking really? about posting them somewhere. Yeah. And uh, I think you talked about Mad Max on that. <laughs> so.
0: I will take every chance possible to talk about Mad Max. It is a crime. That, that game got the shaft. Just real quickly for to remind people that don't know. This game, Mad Max, which came out about the same time as the movie, didn't actually have anything to do with the movie. So I think a lot of people were like, where's Charlize Theron? Where is, uh, you know, whatever that bad guy's name was? Where is all that? Like, it's the same IP, but not nothing to do with the movie, which a lot of people got weirded out by. But the bigger problem with Mad Max, it came out in the exact same day as Metal Gear Solid Five. And every reviewer on Earth was, oh, I'm going to get me some MGS in. And the people who got assigned Mad Max were like trying to get through it as quickly as possible so they could get to Metal Gear. So they got like, they gave it like shitty reviews and everybody rushed through it and nobody gave it a chance to breathe. And it's not the kind of game you can just like jam through in a weekend. Like it's a pretty large oh, yeah. game, there's a lot to it. So like a lot of the reviews, when you read them, if you go back to Metacritic or something, they're like, oh, it's too big, oh, it's, too, it's too slow, oh, there's too, too much stuff, oh, it's boring. Well, yeah, you try to grind through a 30-hour game in, like, one day so you can get back to Metal Gear. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit, like, off-putting. But if you play it like it's supposed to be played, it's fucking amazing. I love Mad Max. It is, like, it is a great game.
1: I I think, to your point and my closing statement, is that it does feel like that kind of action RPG in a way where you're not really leveling up per se. I mean, you kind of are with your car and stuff. But it's more about, like, yeah, exploring the world and just kind of doing these missions and getting lost in that and enjoying that part of it. Like that's why I'm playing oh, it. Not not to, not to is, rush oh. through it. So
0: It is such a beautiful game. Like if you're rushing through that game, you are missing half the game because just like taking in the
1: view and just like the yeah.
0: atmosphere. I mean, like there's some parts of that game that are like so beautiful. Like when the storms hit, have you been through a storm yet? I
1: haven't been through a storm yet, but um or I might have the first time I played through cuz I played through for maybe 10 hours the first time and that just another game. Was on my list that I was doing or something, gotcha, gotcha. but um, but now there's nothing else. I'm like waiting for Ghost of Tsushima, which uh, is in a couple weeks, and so until then, it's just all Mad Max for me. I'm just going forward. Oh end.
0: my god, I love Mad Max so much. I love that game. I'm so glad you okay. went back to it. Ah, oh, the best. Love I'm afraid okay. now.
1: I'm afraid it's gonna be like you're just gonna talk about that the whole episode. This is now
0: the Mad Max episode. Forget yeah. all the other games. We're just talking about this for the next two hours. Okay, no, uh, moving okay. On, uh moving on. Moving uh, on. Moving on. Tower I, of Time.
1: Tower I, of Time. Yeah, this is a weird experience about Tower of Time. So I was, uh, I get hungry for new games. This is what I do. I, I'm a, I might be a gameaholic, I just decided. Uh, I do want all the new experiences <laughs> all the time. And uh, yes, I've coined that phrase here, gameaholic. On I just
0: imagine the two of us like sitting in like a, a dingy, like, you know, uh, like a veterans hall or something, sitting in a circle on these yep. folding chairs, holding these like cold cups of coffee. And you're oh, like, my yeah. name's Carlos and I'm a gameaholic. And be like,
1: hi, Carlos. Well, we could do it right now if you want to reenact that scene. I have a mild. Oh, we did. We just did. Yeah. I was gonna say I have a mildly cold cup of mocha, uh, and I am (laughs) admitting that I have problems. Um, Well, admitting you have a problem is the first step. Well, I've admitted. I think I went to the third, fourth steps. Uh, (laughs) So what happened is I was hungry, hungry for a game. Uh, There was nothing new on the PS4 store. I'm, I'm really crazy for my PS4. I always look for the newest games. And there was one I saw a week or two ago called Tower of Time. And it looked like top-down view, uh, almost like a Diablo-esque, but with turn-based. Yeah, it's a Dungeon Crawler or something like that, right? A Dungeon Crawler, but with turn-based. Like a lot of really good, like pausing the game, planning out your moves. And I remember how you were talking so much about Desperados 3 and how I wouldn't like that version because it was pretty tough and... It might just kind of discourage me. But this, I was like, oh, it's a little RPG elements with turn-based. I do like that. And I bet you I could probably, you know, do fine at it. So I get it. Uh, no, no, wait. The weird thing is I go back to get it. It's not on the store anymore. And I go. It got delisted. Yeah, it was, del- it was gone off of new releases. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's weird. And so then I went and couldn't remember the name of it, by the way, for a while. Then finally found it's the name. name. Yeah, Tower of Time. And finally found it through, like, you know, old-school PS4 search, which is, like, hard to do. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can't sometimes find stuff. But I finally found it through that, and I was like, well, that's weird. It's not in new releases. And I just bought it, and it's 25 bucks or something. And uh, I started to play it, and in the beginning, all of the, like, graphics... Oh, man, you would have been out in three seconds. Uh, <laughs> all of the art was like, uh, you know those hidden objects games? Ooh, yeah. You know, like yes, where I it's kind of like I don't I can't put my finger on what that art is, but it's like this kind of uh not cartoony but illustraty, you know? Very illustrated. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, it's that and the 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 voiceover is like just similar. It's like, "Well, back in the day there was this Tower of Time." I'm like, "Oh, I'm out." You know, <laughs> I want to get out of here. I gave it a oh, chance. God. I gave it a chance to get to the combat and get to, the, you know, maybe this is a fun loop, you know. And it was not intuitive. Uh, the pause mechanic was terrible. The, the combat just felt really bad, like really bad. Um, and then more of those cutscenes would happen. And it would go back to the illustrated look and go, well, now that he's done that, he will also be doing this. Nope. No, I won't. <laughs> I won't be doing anything you're telling me, voiceover narrator, because I'm out of here. Ugh, man, It's funny you bring that one up, dude, because I saw that.
0: We actually got an email about this offering to send us some review code on uh, Switch, I believe, and I'm like Tower of Time. I mean, I like towers, but I don't know Tower of Time sounds kind of weird. And I watched the trailer, and just from the trailer, I'm like, Nah, (laughs) I can smell that one a mile off. It looked pretty. It looked pretty shoddy. So I'm, I am, I'm sorry that you spent twenty five dollars on it.
1: Yeah, I do that a lot. Like, there's a, I mean, it's usually ten to thirty is my cutoff. And I'll go like, ah, this might be bad, but I, you know, I'm a gameaholic and I am admitted it. So I understand my, my problems. Uh, another thing that kind of fell into the gameaholic area is Path of Exile. Path but, of Exile. So now this was, it's a free game. So there's nothing, you know, none of my resources are wasted by trying it. But I was watching a GDC talk about it with the developers. And they were talking about how they are working with the game to keep players, add new features and just, yeah. I kind of got lost in the, this kind of uh, the economics of it and was really interested. Um, and of course, you know, uh, it's, I think it's out there that I'm working on a game um, at work, my day job, and our game's going to be free to play as well. So I was just like, oh, that's just interesting in uh, some of the mechanics of, of a free to play game. So it's on my PS4, Path of Exile 1. It's free. Why not try it? So, and also Path of Exile 2 is already out. And I think that's for the PC right now.
0: It has a sequel? I thought they were just going to keep adding to that game for Infinity. And also, would you remind us really quickly what it is?
1: Oh, yeah. It's, um, again, this, this more of a traditional Diablo game. Action RPG. You know, three-quarters view. It goes on forever. There's a million quests. Like a Warhammer 40K uh, martyr game. Diablo three, that kind of a game.
0: Yeah, very, very Diablo. I, pl- I think I played this on Xbox One, where it is also. I think it's free on every platform. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I believe there's a, there's a two, meaning like just like another like uh, extended version of it. But anywho, uh, booted up the PS4 version, downloaded for free, and the the combat is fucking terrible. Like I have no <laughs> idea how they made it this long with ten thousand users, twenty thousand, whatever their numbers are, and all that GDC talk I was listening to them. I was like, yeah, but don't you know that the combat isn't fun? Because now I'm talking from a melee perspective, of course, because that's what I do. Uh, if you were a, a wizard or doing some sort of magic use and doing ranged attacks, it's probably a bit more fun. But as a melee attack, the biggest thing is similar to that, what's it, the Explorer Plus game I was playing on the Switch, Hanukura or whatever. Oh, uh, ha-
0: ha- Hakoniwa Hakonewa, Hakoniwa, yeah,
1: where, where I thought the attack was just in a circle, you know? around your player. That's what it feels like in this. Like I've gotten many weapons and they all feel like I have to be really close to the other enemy to hit them Mm -hmm. because they have to be in that little, you know, little window of, of my area. And that feels bad when you're in an action RPG that you're going to play for a gazillion hours. So unless weapons like get decidedly better, I I was out. I would mean I did a quite a bit. I mean, I spent a couple hours And I was like, I don't like any of this combat. So bounced hard.
0: It's funny you say that, dude, because I heard a lot about Path of Exile and I heard a lot of people say it's better than Diablo. This is the game that Diablo people have migrated to. No, you know, they've had a lot of success with their free to play model There's like a billion little cosmetic things that you can get. I'm pretty sure it's all cosmetic. I don't think that anything is game altering. But, yeah, they launch like seasons. They have different events. They do lots of different things. I think I probably put like maybe like 10 hours into it, uh, maybe like last year or so. And I could not find the fun in that game at all. I didn't think my character looked cool. Yeah. Uh, I tried a couple different builds and it just felt like very spammy and just really kind of boring like I was just holding a button down and just things were happening on screen and I didn't feel very involved and I kept picking up like a jillion pieces of like armor and like none of it was exciting and it didn't really feel very cool to me and I know that you can deep dive like on the wiki there's like a billion really detailed like build guides and there's all sorts of different characters you can make but as I was just playing it I just I just could not find the fun in it I just didn't think it was very interesting which is um I mean, an interesting thing to say, because I played Inquisitor for probably like 50 or 60 hours, which, like, if you look at them side by side, they seem like exactly the same game. But the difference being Inquisitor, the way they handle their combat, is way more interesting. Like, you're making these really quick moment-to-moment decisions, switching between weapons and which weapon is best for the situation, and what configuration are these enemies in, and how strong am I, should I pull back? Like, you're, you're constantly, like, making these little judgments. But with Path of Exile, all I did, I felt like I was just, like starting at one end of the map and sweeping over every corner of the map and just spamming like my fire spell or whatever spell I had and just hoovering my way across. And I, I just felt like I was doing that over and over and over. And it got really yeah.
1: boring. Yeah, I mean, there's no comparison. The minute you just said Warhammer, I remember how much fun I had in that. And i am it's basically going to make me want to go back to that game uh, because unlike you, I don't think I beat it. I just played a bazillion hours in it. But uh, that game is visceral and, you know, fast moving. I mean, my, I picked the, the assassin girl, so I like flew around the screen oh, yeah, all over yeah. the place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I'm just like psyching myself up to go back to Warhammer. Because, just play Inquisitor, man. That is a way better game. Oh, it's so fun. And so, yeah, so fuck that. Uh, uh, not into it at all. I'm out. But that reminds me real quick. Uh, RPGs in that kind of vein, uh, or at least top down, uh, I saw great, great f- coverage of Baldur's Gate 3. and we, I cannot wait to talk about that on this show because it's just going to be phenomenal. It's a true D&D oh gosh, experience yeah. Uh, yeah. With, from the guys who worked on uh, – oh, my goodness. What's it called? Yeah. Um, divine Divine divinity 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 original 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 yeah Yeah, divinity yeah yeah. yeah. so yeah anyways that's just a side note that's i mean
0: i'm kind of excited for that but people were saying that that game is going to be like the biggest game ever made of all time and i'm like ooh like it's probably really cool but like i don't want to sign up to give my entire life to a game i mean they're saying like more than 150 hours for like the first area of that game and i'm like fuck dude that seems like a lot to me
1: i don't know about that i think it's i think what's going to make it big is the fact that you can do so much in it which is what i've always wanted out of games is like truly doing things different ways and so i don't know if that's i mean, i heard the developer talk about it and go through it yeah, I, I think it's just yeah. a lot of really cool dynamics but i don't know about that long but
0: i mean i'm excited those guys those guys are good uh developers man i've dipped into um some of their games in the past and i've basically liked them but i haven't really like gone whole hog in all of them but i do i do enjoy their work i have a lot of respect for what they do so yeah it's
1: probably going to be amazing yeah all right well moving on that's that's uh, some quick hits i had um what else do you uh-huh. have do you have some quick i hits? have a
0: lot of stuff yeah i got definitely some quick hits i'll go uh, i'll go too deep and then we'll switch back to you real quick um first off i want to name check a game called 1971 project helios uh, oh my goodness
1: was... i'm sorry i just i almost just started that like six times did you buy it already no I, I wanted to buy it like six times and i kept going like i don't know me and strategy but i'm excited nah, don't, here. don't buy it dude don't buy okay, it. Don't okay okay <laughs> uh dodged a the bullet there
0: uh i i the developer full disclosure developer sent me a code to talk about it on the podcast which is what i'm doing right now they are from oh man i feel terrible they are from I want to say South America somewhere. I really apologize. I meant to write this down, but we don't do notes in the show, and I just forgot. They're a small team who has like a government grant to help them do some game development. Pretty cool program. And I really apologize because I cannot recall which country they're from, and I don't want to make. I'm this looking game, it up, but I'm okay. I'm pretty sure they're from South America. Anyway, um, this game caught my eye because I have a really weird fascination with games that are set in frozen wastelands which is uh probably right up your alley
1: there carlos with your day job yep yep i like it and we like the Frostpunk here
0: yeah we do like the frost i like i just like games where heat or you know surviving in the cold or something is kind of a theme i don't know why because i can't really name off any ones that i've really enjoyed but i just i just kind of dig it so that's what this game is it's a top-down turn-based strategy featuring a world where everything is frozen i guess some kind of ecological disaster or something um, what really caught my eye were the character portraits. I thought they had a pretty cool um, art style. Kind of realistic, but also like slightly on the cartoony side. A pretty cool blend of those two styles. And I just really liked the way it looked. Like, And I watched the trailer. The trailer looked really interesting because I'm a big fan of top-down turn-based games. Uh, you know, like I'm a big fan of XCOM, Desperados this year. I love all that stuff. I love that genre. So I jumped into this, just wanted to check it out. And I have to say, I had a pretty pretty negative experience Um, to start with I think the code that I was sent was really just buggy or something happened where I was getting like the debug menu on every screen of the game and I do not think you're supposed to get that it was yeah it was like there was like a little menu of options would come up And in the corner, it would constantly tell me, like, what the frames per second, how fast the game was running. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I I know that. That's
1: the debug menu for sure. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Yeah. And then there was, like, this other menu, like, of all these other options where it was, like, you know, combat, true, false. And if you hit the, the false, then, like, combat would go away. And if you hit, there was, like, all these options where I'm like, dude, okay, I know I'm not supposed to be fucking with this stuff. I should not be seeing the debug menu. So I didn't touch anything on the debug menu. Because I'm like, oh man, I'm going to mess this up. It's going to fuck my game up. I don't know what's going on. So I ignored that and I just tried to play the game as is. Um, it's a little bit interesting because uh, the what happens is you, you have your top-down squad. You're walking in real time through a map and it looks kind of neat. And whenever you get close to an enemy, all of a sudden like grids appear on the ground and then it goes to turn-based. So like you're walking, walking in real time, hit an enemy, boom, it's like turn-based. Kind of a neat little transition. Uh, But the combat is just really just super bog standard. I mean, nothing really interesting about it. It, You know, as if if somebody said, hey, just make me like the most generic turn based strategy game you could and just check all the boxes. But, you know, just give me like the baseline turn based. That's kind of what this felt like. It just didn't have a lot of interesting characters, didn't have a lot of interesting development. I mean, I started playing it and after like three or four battles, I was like, "Okay, I get it. But it's just not that interesting, and the art is nice, but the art itself is not enough to carry the entire experience. So I noped out of it pretty quick. Um, I hit a couple more bugs before I left the game. I had a, a crash to desktop or crash to a PS4 desktop, anyway, and a few other weird things happened. So I don't know if this game is ready for prime time, even if it was. I suspect there's probably not a lot there, considering turn-based strategy fans have a lot of really good choices available right now it is a very rich genre at the moment and you're going to have to bring your a-game unfortunately this does not look like your a-game so well, i give a pass
1: you to give that a, one yeah you give it a pass but i have a question so yeah i like the art a lot actually and that's why I kept it's cool going art it's too. good art yeah and the fact that one of your characters is a dog which seemed cool also um, very cool yeah, and then the the like the factions. By the way, one of them is called Scavengers, which is funny. <laughs> the uh, my, the video game Scavengers that I'm working on. Anyways, uh, yeah, uh, and also there's resource management. And by the way, they're from Madrid, uh, the team. Oh, Spain. Okay, yeah, okay Spain. My bad. Okay, thank uh, you for looking that up. So and there's skill trees. I, I mean, I would I would wonder I would posit uh, that maybe you know this game is is I think going for the story part of it first and like the turn-based combat it's just kind of a mechanic along with it so I'm wondering if we gave it a chance if further on the story would be more interesting and compelling than the actual minute by minute combat because that's what it feels like to me and that's why I've almost picked it up six times because of the world that they're building and the stories that might come out of it but I don't know I mean
0: I I agree because I had that same pull I mean that's what really drew me to it in the first place like I'm getting that same vibe and I totally understand what you're saying. But after about forty five minutes with that game, I was totally ready to be done with it. So I I don't recommend it. If you want to give it a shot and maybe it'll hit you differently, go for it. But I'm gonna give it a big thumbs down.
1: I do not think it's ready to be. This for is a weird time. review because or well, kind of co review. They said there's three and different endings as well. And I think I'm gonna buy it. Oh, <laughs> because <laughs> well, remember we we disagree, you know, here and we there. We do, we do a fair and amount. I mean, that's I true. I think I think this is really focusing on the world and the story, and I do like the frozen world. And it is funny because frozen world scavengers faction. And holy shit, I think I just talked myself... <laughs> your, <laughs> your, ba- your bad review is just talking me into getting it.
0: I, I mean, d- that's fair. That's fair. If you, if, I, I get it, man. It looks like a cool game when you're looking at it. I totally agree that it looks very cool. Well,
1: okay, what I'm really mean is when you say... And this is a little bit of a deep dive, and I think for our listeners it's kind of interesting. When you say the turn-based combat is nothing to write home about and there's a million other ones out there, that intrigues me because I... in a, <laughs> No, seriously, because I want simple when it comes to turn base, right? Hear me out. Okay, okay. And I don't want difficult, and usually difficult means complicated, right? Like, if there's lots of I things mean, that's going true. on. That's a fair point. That's a right? fair point. And I go, oh, yeah. I don't want to manage all these things. I'm confused. But if it's easy-ish, like, uh, what's the one, the most basic one um, for Nintendo? Oh, my goodness. Uh, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> you know, like, uh, those simple, oh, my goodness, what is it? I have no idea the tactics games (laughs) on your on this on nintendo like
0: like are you talking about fire emblem
1: yeah like fire emblem that kind of stuff right that stuff you're not thinking about the systems you're just like can i make it work what's the puzzle and uh that's a bad example for story though i just think the idea if you say it's simple that means maybe i can get through it and it can be not as difficult and not as complex but also i can actually you know focus on the story part I'm buying this game. That's it. I decided. If you're,
0: okay, that's that's totally fair. <laughs> I can totally understand where you're coming from.
1: I I, I wish you well, and okay. then let's
0: next week let's talk about it and see let's. how it strikes you. We yeah. can totally talk about it again. Okay. Um, but for me, I just played I just played Desperados Three, which is fucking amazing. Yeah. And right now I am playing a game which is under embargo, which I cannot mention, which is another turn-based strategy game, which is also fucking amazing. It's been right. a great year for turn-based strategy. So this one does not, uh, uh, Helios does not rate with me because it's just, it just can't play in this ball field right now. But let me know how it goes. I'm very interested to see what you make of it. Yep. Okay. I'll let you know. All right. Moving on. The other quick hit I have is a game called Disintegration. Uh, Oh, I didn't know you started this.
1: You what? Did you buy this? No, no. I didn't know you started it because we don't always talk all the time. And yeah. I have lots of uh, thoughts, but yeah, I'm really interested to see what you think about this integration.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, disintegration is put together by a group of people who apparently used to work on halo, I guess back in the mm-hmm. day, and they left to form their own studio, something like that. Uh, and so they are bringing their own project to the table again, full disclosure, got this one, uh, from the developer. So just heads up on that folks. Uh, you, you play as, I guess, a robot who flies a hover vehicle, and you are kind of like the commander of a squad, so you see the game first person, but the members of your squad are robots that are controlled by, um, you know, the game's AI. You don't you don't control them directly. You just kind of tell them, hey, go over here. Like you're on your hover vehicle and you're above the battlefield, right? And so you're kind of scanning around, being their commander. And so you say, oh, attack these guys over here, and you like ping ping whatever it is you want them to go do. And then your little robots on the ground will like run over there and like attack that other enemy robot, or they will scavenge. Uh, the loot or they will you know like take cover somewhere that you tell them to take cover you can also shoot things from your hover vehicle and you can heal people from your hover vehicle so you're kind of like managing your team from the skies and your team is on the ground um kind of a cool idea it started out pretty well with a, a good cutscene and a good tutorial and it felt like things were getting off the ground properly um but i gotta say i got maybe f- four or five missions into the game and I just lost all interest because I just felt like I was doing the same thing over and over every level felt exactly the same to me and it's not really super fun to hover over a battlefield and just ping things as your Mm. main form of interaction I felt like I was just watching these little ants because I was so high above the battlefield I mean you can go lower but I was usually high for better visibility and I was just like, okay, ping. And then my guys would go over there and do something. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then ping over here. And they go do that thing. And then ping over here. It, it's not really super involved. And the, the gameplay was not super complicated. Characters were not really that interesting. Graphics kind of generic. And the world design was super generic. It reminded me a lot of the kind of game that you would pick up in like the first couple years of the PS3 or the Xbox 360 where people were still kind of developing for it and you know like you'd get kind of these like mid-budget b-tier games and you just picked it up because nothing else was out at the time and it would be okay for a weekend and then you would like totally forget about it like the next weekend like this has that same feel feels like it's a generation behind and it feels like the gameplay just doesn't have enough juice to it so i got really bored with it after maybe like i said four or five missions and i just i just kind of quit how did how did this one strike you carlos you play this one a little bit
1: no, I didn't, uh, because I watched enough uh, coverage of it, and normally I, you know, have to play it myself. But um, what you just said is exactly why I would never pick this up. Is because of, yeah, the way that you control the character, it feels terrible to me. Um, I don't unless you're playing a specific like tower defense game or some game where you're it's just a strategy game. But this is like trying to be uh, an action game with uh, this kind of top like looking overhead and controlling units i i I hate that idea like it just feels bad to me so i would never um i would never get into it and it's really interesting because they're and making a multiplayer game as well i mean that's like um it's big uh secondary part of it it's not just this like story but like right there's a lot of pvp stuff as well yeah
0: yeah i'm glad you brought that up dude i totally forgot about that but yeah it actually began as like a pvp online real you know game. And that part did not interest me at all. I didn't even try that mode at all. I was just going into it for the story mode. And maybe that's why the story mode is so boring, because maybe this game is somehow way more interesting in PvP mode, but that's not something I would ever want to do. And based on what I saw in the story mode, I'm like, um, I kind of like the idea more than you do. I think the idea is okay, but I just think playing it just ended up being really dull.
1: Yeah, I think what you said is also what turned me off originally, because I think I heard through the grapevine that, yeah, this, uh, these, this team was... Creating like this really interesting new different kind of PvP game, and I think that they tacked the story on after. I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I was on the ground for that, but yeah. So yeah, yeah, but overall, I was. I don't like that gameplay. The way it looks, I, I I wouldn't want to play that type of game. So, I'm out. But oh well.
0: Oh well. So that's a thumbs down, uh, from me. Let's kick it back over to you, Carlos. Uh, you have been. Playing more of The Last of Us 2. You have further thoughts. I have not been playing it, and I'm kind of glad because it's, boy, it is a shit show in social media right now. It is a giant cesspool of hot mess, and I'm really glad that I did not get into it right now. But you are playing Last of Us 2. I don't know if you've been engaging in the discourse or anything like that. Maybe you're just straight up playing it, ignoring all the chatter. Um, But you have further thoughts, and uh, talk to us about Last of Us 2. Spoiler free, of course.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because the first thing I'll say is, uh, and we talk about this all the time on the show, but anybody who is wasting their time uh, doing whatever discourse you just referred to, um, <laughs> fucking stop it. It's so Ooh, silly. It's
0: ugly. It's so bad. And it,
1: it literally, after I talk to you a few more things about this game, it, it doesn't even track. Like, it doesn't even make any sense. It's literally people like we, like society right now. They outrage culture. They want to spin up their little drive about everything. Um, that's really what it's about. I don't think it's about the game. Cause now that I've played enough of it, I'm actually off of this kind of like, you know, oh, that's so terrible. Why would they make this? Uh fuck those guys. I think I originally was thinking that when I saw the trailer and stuff, but um yeah, so the first thing is everybody else, fucking do anything else with your life besides what you're doing about talking about Last of Us Two and like and attacking each other. Get over it. That's silly. Um, okay, besides that bullshit, which I will not waste breath on, uh, the game isn't as dark as I originally thought, or the trailers make it out to be, which is interesting. I think it's a fail on marketing because, you know, especially right now in this time period, wow, wow, we, we need some light with the dark. And that's what I was talking about last episode that I didn't think this game had, but then again, I had only played a few hours of it. How so far n- are
0: you now? Like how many I hours? Think into- I like, think like 25 hours long. basically.
1: Yeah, I think I'm in 10 or 12. OK, so uh, like halfway, maybe I'm almost halfway, I think. And I go like there's sections to talk about the light and darkness. There's sections of and this is not a spoiler. There's other spoilers that are much more spoilery. There's um, there's a section I just went through. That's a, a flashback. Right. Uh, which I think is really cool of them to do. It is filled with such light. Like it is very, very heartwarming, and I was like, okay. "What's happening?" I thought like this is supposed to be just like the shittiest, darkest thing ever, forever, and I, I was like, "Wow!" I had no idea, and also it, it was done perfectly. Like, like they always say, masterful design of a game. Mm, mm, like mm. they did that heartwarming scene of a flashback thing that you play through, very, very good, and then the juxtaposition of going back to that world that's dark. it it wasn't as bad because I was like, you know, you know that. So that's the first thing it isn't as dark. It it has moments of like stupid darkness that I'm not sure why they went that far with, uh, you know, the tortury kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. besides that, I think right now, almost halfway through the game, I'm not like blown away by the darkness and I don't feel like I can't go on anymore, which is what I was afraid of.
0: Which, well, so that's good. That's good.
1: Yeah. So that's my, my PSA so far unless the last like eight hours or 10 hours is just all bullshit but um i might actually go through it and and find out secondly the video (laughs) gameness of it the 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 kind of like the stupid jump that i talked about it's still there the whole Mm -hmm. time um the picking up of things to get your and stuff yeah oh and also the the terrible we found a generator there's no power oh okay Oh, there's a cord. Well, it doesn't reach. Oh, okay. I'll move over here and put the cord in. Oh, but it needs gasoline. Oh, okay. We'll go find gasoline. Go to next area. Oh, there's a generator. Oh, it's not powered. Oh, we need gasoline. Oh god, they do
0: that thing multiple times.
1: It was multiple times in the beginning, oh, and I was like, no. "Don't do that." So you take that and the dumbass jump, and just the video game ness of the combat. Actually, it yeah, there's there's like quick timey events. But those get boring because they feel like a video game. And it's just shooting everything in sight like any other game. And it becomes Uncharted. It's like just an Uncharted game to me right now. Which, interestingly, is a double-edged sword. One means, like, I liked Uncharted. So it's like having more Uncharted. But it also doesn't make me feel like, I guess, that depression, the like mental exhaustion because it's a fucking video game. Like it feels very, does that make sense? It feels like uncharted and uncharted feels like the most video game to me ever.
0: It's interesting that you bring this up. I haven't played this game myself, so I can only speak on what I've seen discussed and, you know, the little bits that I've kind of absorbed by being in the review game but we did just publish, uh, the game critics review of the last of us two today. That just went up a couple hours ago before recording, uh done by Jared Johnston, great guy, great writer. And a lot of the stuff that he brings up is kind of mirroring what you're saying. I mean, basically the takeaway from his review, and it's live now in case anybody wants to go check it out. Uh the takeaway from his review is that he was really happy with the script, as if you just looked at the script itself. But he was very unhappy with the video gameness of the gameplay, a lot of the uh like the the, the cruft that they make you get through. Like you're saying the scavenging, the crafting yeah. Um, a lot of the combat he was very unhappy with. He feels like that the game spent all of its time on the audio visuals, and and he said he genuinely did enjoy the script very much. He said it was a great script, but you know the the same old like Uncharted mistake of killing ten thousand bad guys, and then in the next cutscene you're you know you're trying to say that you're a good guy and you don't want to kill anybody. Exactly. You know that was like his his he's he just said like it just didn't work for him where. In this game and i think even more so than uncharted ellie the main character and just you know the themes are like you know we need to survive and it's a post-apocalypse and being evil is bad and blah 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 but then you end up in every gameplay scene killing 30 dudes it's kind of hard to buy what the script is selling when you are doing like the literal opposite during the gameplay that was something that he really nailed in his review and i think that is a problem with Naughty Dog um, they they want to talk one game but they actually deliver another game and those two things just never really seem to come together for them so if you're the right. kind of player that doesn't care about that then fine but I actually care about it a lot uh, Jared cared about it sounds like you care about it a lot too
1: yeah that's a great take on it and I let me expand on that for a minute like you aren't only just killing people because I remember I originally was like I'm gonna go on a pacifist run and <laughs> never it's kill anybody uh, which is impossible but you are killing, I would say almost, not maybe not half and half, but pretty close to half and half of monsters, right? Like there's a ton of like just being in buildings with monsters and uh, and zombie type people that you're taking out. And then you turn around the corner and now there's like real people again. But, okay. but so it isn't just like going through and, and killing bazillions of people. Like Uncharted, you kill a fuck ton of people. And Way too many people. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say you kill less here and it still can, you know, uh, marry together with the narrative a little bit more, but, but to the video game, this again, like there's like codes that you have to find. I don't want, I mean, I don't want to do that. Like, <laughs> yo, you know, where's the code of the piece of paper? Oh, they scrawled it. into this one, like on this piece of wood, there was a dead body and some of the blood was a code. Was it wasn't on. like written on the wall
0: or the floor, or right next to the? On dead the body. floor, right next to his body. Of who it makes was. a of coat in
1: the blood yes. on the floor? No one is. No <laughs> Naughty one dog. Does that's, who. that's who. he dug This. Yeah. And I, I want to say one more thing about the video game gameness because again, it's almost like a blessing in disguise because I'm not feeling again exhausted from this game because it's a fucking video game. Uh, but I have no idea how no review has mentioned this. Maybe uh, he did. Ellie, the main character, the person you're playing most of the time in this video game, she doesn't walk right. Okay? What, you let me, what do you mean let she me doesn't ex- walk right? Let me explain. She doesn't walk right. She walks backwards all the time. So anytime you want to walk back, like you went to somewhere and you you you're just pull back on the controller, she walks backwards for a little while. That doesn't make no sense. And then if she turns to the left or right, she like... Uh, drifts a little bit she like kind of just like sideways walks and it is terrible feeling has almost made me rage quit like many times what? And her you walking ha- has almost
0: made you rage quit that's ridiculous
1: her walking is fucking bad it's really it's the worst wow it's it's I, the worst why
0: i am so surprised you could knock me over with a feather right now because i haven't heard anybody mention the walking. <laughs> that's what and, i'm
1: saying i don't know how and, they're not like, talking they, they about have it
0: this, the mocap studio—they spent millions on this like realistic motion. Maybe that's how the actress actually walks.
1: She she better because if they spent all that money, man, she I guess she walks backwards all the time and sideways. Because oh my god, th- do here's not let her
0: listen to this podcast because she will feel terrible about herself. herself well, She doesn't. They fucked
1: up. They she does it obviously. Okay, all right. Um, that no, it's a bad mechanic. I literally here's what I have to do, and then I'll leave it alone. But please, I'm going to shout it to the rafters after this on Twitter someone talk about this make me feel like i'm not crazy but i literally go up to a thing like find resources whatever and then i move the camera before i start moving do you see what i'm saying like a first person game i have to move the camera if i move the camera all the way around so now i'm looking the opposite direction and then i push forward on my on my stick then i'm going forward again right if Mm. i look at some resources and don't turn the camera on to look back, you know, look to the opposite way and just pull back. She won't turn around, man. She'll go fucking backwards and then sideways and then forwards. We that sounds really weird. I don't I know how. Literally, no one, saw you. no one,
0: no one has mentioned this. I, you should post like a video of it so then I can see what you're talking about mm. because
1: I. It's on Twitter. I did it when I was playing. I'll find the video and no one yeah, saw it. Yeah, send me the so. link
0: because I, I kind of want to see this. I, I do not know what you're talking about. I understand what you're saying, but I've not seen it. So.
1: Okay, that's it. I, I, I do say this though, even with the backwards walking, uh, and even with the video game-ness of it, yeah, like uh, they were saying, the script, like uh, there's some really interesting things there. And I would like to see how it ends because everyone keeps talking about the ending. So I'll probably push on and and go through to beat it.
0: All right. Well, we will get a further check-in from you when you get uh, a little further on. You got another 10, 12 hours left.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, Switching back over to me real quickly. Um, I mentioned the beta of West of Dead on Xbox One a while ago. Uh, Got into the open beta and checked it out. It is a top-down action i mean i guess it's sort of a twin stick shooter ish roguelike where you play a undead western cowboy who has a flaming skull for a head voiced by ron perlman and you go in these like procedurally generated dungeons and you kill uh zombies and ghosts and stuff that are down there and the big hook of the game is that the rooms are really dark and so you need to turn on lanterns when you're going like everything is done in a really like heavy black sort of a frank miller-esque or uh the guy that does hellboy mike mignola like if you know comic book style that's the kind of style that this game is rendered in real heavy on the black and just real thick lines um pretty striking looking uh so i checked into the beta and i thought it was okay and then uh, i just kind of forgot about it but it is out now in full release and i say quote unquote full release uh and i am playing it they sent a code so again this is a code full disclosure uh, and I'm, I'm playing the full release, and I got to be honest with you, it feels a lot better than the beta. Feels like it's definitely come a long way since then, but it does not feel ready for prime time. Um, the pacing of the game is really weird. You start out with like no resources, and then you get to like the second boss. Uh, and all of a sudden, like all this stuff unlocks like all at once, and the stuff isn't really well explained. And you don't really quite understand what's going on. Uh, Some of the weapons don't feel like they work quite right. And sometimes I just... I feel like it's a bug where I simply cannot hit somebody with my gun. It's the strangest thing. I'll, like, nail people. Yeah, I'll be in a dungeon shooting zombies. Bam, bam, bam. No problem. Knocking them all down. Easy. And then I'll get into another room. And, like, for whatever reason, my gun will fucking just not hit the zombie. And I've been killed a few times where I am, like shooting straight at the guy and just my bullets are going all over the place and i'm like what is going on this this is like some kind of fucking glitch or bug or something um so that needs to be polished up there's been a few times when my characters like warp through a wall or something which is never good so that needs a little bit of polish pacing needs polish the uh unlocks uh if you collect a resource that you get in the dungeon you can unlock new guns unlock new skills and that's a pretty cool thing i like that in a dungeon crawler especially in a roguelike because it kind of keeps you going like you may not beat the game but if you unlocked a brand new gun or you unlocked a brand new power then it gives you enough excitement and you're happy that you want to keep playing because you want to keep unlocking the pace of the unlocks is really off like it'll be like your first gun to unlock collect five dollars or whatever the resource is second unlock a hundred dollars and you're like (laughs) okay dude look i'm not going to play this game 27 times to earn enough resources to unlock the next gun like that's too it's too much it's too much So, I like this game a lot. Like, I think it feels a lot better in general. It looks a lot better in general. Once I started unlocking some stuff and started seeing the pieces come together, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is pretty cool. Like, at one point, you, you know, unlock a little bit more story. And then you unlock uh, these extra bounties that you can do. And then you unlock, like, these little teleport uh, things that save you the time of walking back and forth. Like, once I started unlocking the stuff, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is cool. Game's coming together. I get it. I like it. But... It took way too long to get there. It doesn't feel like those things are put together properly. And the pace is fucking crazy. The mechanics are a little janky. I mean, it just, it just, it needs another like six months Mm. in the oven. And I feel like this is really on track to be a pretty badass game. Like I really like where it's going. It is just not there yet. Yeah.
1: So that's, that happens. Like, I feel like there's so many like great potential. And we talked about a lot of that on this show. Where you're like, wow, this has so many elements that are cool, but not yet. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's, it's, I'm going to come back to it. I mean, I, you know, as I say all the time, i said on the show a million times, the best time to play any game these days is six months after release because it gives the developers time to patch and to balance. And it seems like nobody on earth launches in a ready state these days. So I just kind of expect that like more content will be added. Tweaks will be made. More options will appear down the line. I mean, I, I, it's happened to me like a dozen times in the past year where like i'll play some game i think it's okay and then i come back to it in six months and then it's a way better experience because now it's actually finally done i feel like if you come back to west of dead in six months i feel like it'll be a pretty awesome experience yeah. right now it's pretty good but it's not not quite there yet so come back in six months okay we'll check um, back in check back in another shout out goes to Goosebumps. Dead of Night. You do you know the Goosebumps franchise? Uh, I know you of it, bit? yeah. And
1: I actually, scrolled by that game today. <clears throat>
0: it is a crazy little game. Um, I agreed to talk about it on the podcast because uh, my son likes Goosebumps the franchise. He doesn't read the books, but he likes the TV show that was on like in the 90s. We watch it on Netflix, and he likes those little. It's like mini mini Twilight Zone episodes that are really scary. Mm-hmm. Um. So he, he's into that and we started playing it. What this game is, is it's a first person horror game slanted for kids. So it's for like, you know, 10, 12, 14 year olds or anybody who is into the Goosebumps franchise, I guess. Uh, or maybe you've seen the movies. There's a couple of movies starring Jack Black that came out a while ago. Uh, you're inside a haunted mansion and you need to find pages of a magical book. Uh, but what happens is you can't fight and you can't do anything. So it's like one of those horror games where you have to run and hide. One oh, of those hidey, yeah. Powerless, can't fight back games. And uh, it freaked my son the fuck out. He could not handle it. He was like, this is way too scary. I don't like not being able to do anything. I hate having to run away. There's no way to kill these monsters and then chase you all the time. He's like, fuck this. I'm out. What, so what a, what a he,
1: weird genre to pick for that t- that type of um franchise
0: it is a little bit weird because the graphics are fairly bright like it's not dark like it doesn't look like Resident Evil 7 or anything like that like it looks bright the monsters are not really that scary looking I mean there's like a you know a werewolf he's got high top shoes on and there's a zombie oh, yeah. yeah who's got you know she looks like she's like slightly dirty but she doesn't look rotten or anything she's not like decomposing and there's a uh, a puppet, uh, Slappy, the famous ma- uh, ventriloquist dummy. He's in there. So like it's got some slightly goofy elements. It's fairly bright. Um, it's, it's not too creepy looking. But that tension of I need to get out of here because I can't fight back and this monster is chasing me was way too much for my son. It was just mm. too much that he could not handle it. Um, I got my wife to play it a little bit and she jumped into it and checked it out. And she was not a fan of it either because I think she does not <laughs> appreciate that gameplay uh as well she's way more on the resident evil i'm gonna shoot you with a rocket launcher side than she is with the run and hide genre so i think it's i mean i think that if you're a kid and you want to play something that's creepy and is kind of getting into like more of a straight up horror genre like this is actually a pretty good adaptation of that maybe if you're a kid that likes five nights at freddy's or maybe if you can handle a little bit of the scarier stuff and you want that like Disempowering genre where you just can't do anything and have to hide, you know, kind of like alien. What's that alien game? Isolation, yeah, isolation, or uh, the one that has the oh gosh, I Outlast, Outlast, is like Outla- yes, you knew yeah. exactly, thank you, you knew yeah. exactly what I was going for. I was gonna say, the big, weird, naked guys and the flashlight <laughs> that's Outlast. If you like that kind of game and you're a kid, I guess that's, I know that
1: that's what I'm saying. The juxtaposition yeah, of those two <laughs> moments that's weird. It's,
0: It's strange, but it's there. And I do think it's appropriate for kids because there's nothing really bloody or gross. Although I will say there are a couple of nasty, really nasty jump scares where everybody like I was playing it or my wife was playing it. I was on the couch and my son was on the couch and we were all like as a family watching my wife play and like all three of us like jumped up off the couch at the same time. Uh, None of us appreciated that because we do not like to be (laughs) jump scared. Uh, So it's got some nasty jump scares, but it's not gross. It's not dark. There's no
1: blood. But it is a little bit scary, uh, mm-hmm. so maybe
0: check it out if you got a kid who likes the scary stuff. It's, it's not too bad.
1: Yeah, that's such an interesting um, juxtaposition of, of like player needs, which is like, you are young. You don't want things too gross or monstery or scary, but you do want to be scared, but not too much. But you don't like the idea of having any power in a video game, but you also <laughs> don't want to get too gross. Uh, yeah, we got a game for you. It is a really
0: weird Venn diagram that they are going for. And I, I honestly don't know if anything else is even in that circle with them. But there it is. And it's ironic, too, because um, I, af- I often tell my son about Clock Tower. Did you play Clock Tower back yes, in the day on like, yeah. PS1? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: So that was like one of the very first like Disempowerment games where you had to run from Scissorman and hide. And that game fucked me up like six ways from Sunday. Like I feel like I got PTSD from that game. And I talk about it all the time. And my son is very familiar with it because I tell him stories about it and when we started playing i'm like oh shit this is just like clock tower he's like oh no and he was like i don't want to play that game that like messed that up so like he was out <laughs> um and it's kind of scary it's scary to be disempowered so if you got a kid that wants that or needs a gateway game to get him into something scarier if that's even a thing then goosebumps is your game there you check go check that one out all right one more game and then we have uh we have one uh, we maybe got some listener q a we'll see um Carlos, we were sent a couple of codes by the publisher to discuss Arcade Spirits on the Nintendo Switch uh, here on the show. I played this game, actually finished it two nights ago. How much time have you spent with Arcade
1: Spirits? Whoa, you finished it. Well, finished I feel it. like these are, this is a game right up your alley, I would say, uh, from what I know of, of the games you <clears> like <throat> on this uh, podcast, especially for the Switch. It's not necessarily my type of uh, or my cup of tea. But I've played it about an hour and a half, hour and a half. So not very much. Although I don't know okay. how long this game takes to beat. Um, but I have definitive opinions about them already. So I don't think right. my opinion's is going to change too much for, you know, getting through the whole thing. But you might tell me otherwise. Well, just to, I'm going to let you talk
0: first, but we'll recap what it is. Basically, it is a visual novel slash dating sim for the Nintendo Switch. It's got hand-drawn art. You know, it's like still pictures and a lot of text, like a lot of reading, visual novel. Uh, The premise is that you are a person who is kind of lost their way in life. And they have a phone app, which is kind of run by an AI. And the AI says, hey, if you get a job at this local arcade, it's going to turn your life around. It's just what you need. So you go down to the arcade to get a job because you feel like you're a loser and you want to turn your life around. And once you get down there, you meet a whole cast of characters. It's like I want to say it's like four men and four women of various sizes and flavors and you can either play the game in like a friends only mode where you're just going through the story of working at the arcade or you can also participate in the dating sim side where you can I mean kind of you know romance either either the men or the women whatever your character is pretty gender neutral like your character looks like basically exactly in the middle so they're not uh you could conceivably see them as a man or a woman they're pretty uh in the middle and you can also pick your pronouns which is cool so i think it's great they give you the option to kind of play that how you wish Mm -hmm. uh but then you get down there you meet them you can romance them if you like or you don't have to and then you kind of go through the story of working at the arcade again visual
1: novel slash dating sim
0: i have some thoughts but carlos uh you don't i mean i think i probably play more visual novels than you do how did this strike you or what were your thoughts about it
1: yeah in the beginning the character creator was kind of interesting and like you said it was like i was like am i picking male or female oh wait it's just a person <laughs> and then you're just changing hair and color style and and skin colors. you're not like yeah you're picking your pronoun but it, it, it felt like one character instead of like all these little sliders you know right it, exactly which, which is interesting and um and i made someone who represented me and i was like okay cool um And so I did that and I got started and yeah, visual novels, they have to be really interesting, compelling stories for me to be into them. Um, For some reason, I just it's hard to hook hook me Uh, or the choose your own adventure esque part of it has to be really interesting. Like I have to feel like my my choices and my consequences are big, big time. And if they're not, then it's not as fun. But I think the biggest turnoff for me is uh, it feels like and this is interesting the character you're playing is like, well, first they can't carry a job and they've like lost the last three jobs they've, uh, they've worked at. I've never lost it. I think I lost one job in like 40 years or, you know, 35 years of working. <laughs> so, um, I don't understand that. And then secondly, uh, this person's aimless and directionless and, and is making a lot of jokes and snarky, which, you know, uh, I guess maybe I do, but it's, it, it's just the kind of like, this person doesn't know. It seems like this person's like new to life. And a lot yeah, of stuff was like, yeah. this is, this is how you do things. And, and you know, your roommates like, come on, we, we said we're going to move here and make it. We're going to make it. And as I just did, went through all the steps. I was like, yeah, yeah, brah. I did all this. Like I didn't want to inhabit a character that had to go back and do all these things I already knew about. And what's really interesting to that point, they're like, start telling me about video games <laughs> when they when you get to the arcade to, like, get a job at the arcade, they're like, oh, yeah. You know how back in the 80s, the video games actually almost went away. I was like, yeah, I lived through it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had the Atari, you know, what I mean, Yeah, yeah. So for so <laughs> much of this game in the beginning, uh, and I did some of the funny romancy type stuff a little bit to to go that route and see what that was. It just felt so light and airy, but also innocent in the point of like I didn't want to go down that path, and I just kept feeling like, Carlos, so you've already done all this stuff. Like, do you want to do it again? I know that's it might be a weird take, but that's what my gut was telling me.
0: That's not a weird take at all because I mean I honestly have that same reaction. Most often with JRPGs where someone will recommend a JRPG that has like, you know, quote unquote, really good story or something. And it's just another one of those special teenager finding their place in the world, collects a band of friends and like does whatever. And they're the chosen one or something like I, I totally don't want to play teenagers anymore. Like I, I've been through that phase. I was a teenager. I am no longer a teenager. Like I think it'd be really interesting to play games where they have like a mature adult who knows things and you know would have a different set of challenges of course i mean it couldn't just be just a free ride the whole time but you know like like that that coming of age thing i kind of agree with you i'm done with that and i don't want to go back to it and i don't think that for me anyway and maybe for you there's not really a lot of interesting stuff to mine in that period of life i think we're both kind of been there done that moved on so that's a that's a really interesting point it doesn't strike me as much with visual novels um but JRPGs a lot but i totally i totally get what you're saying um mm. For me I this is an okay visual novel it's not the best one I've played it's not the worst and I've played a lot on switch lately and there's actually been a lot of really really good ones on switch um, I the thing one thing that kind of threw me about this was I kind of like you I didn't like my character very much um, I, I felt like them being so directionless was weird and I did not like how I mean this I, I get what they were trying to do right they want to give you a character who is accessible to everybody so they they drew a character that is perfectly in the middle it could be a male could be a female it could be someone who is totally like in the middle of the gender slider it could be somebody you know you you could easily like many people could map themselves onto that but i think it had the opposite effect with me where i felt like i couldn't really relate um i picked my character yeah it just it just didn't click with me and it would have been cool if they had kept that character like i like having the option it's awesome i'm sure some people will like super appreciate that Um, And then just added like two more models where one was like clearly more a female and one was clearly more a male. Mm. There was something about that that was kind of dissonant for me. And I had a little bit of trouble clicking with that. Or alternatively, I would have been kind of fine if I never saw my character at all, because I would see my character in certain cutscenes. like you don't see them for most of the game. And then once in a while, you'll have like a romantic date or something. And then you see who you're supposed to be. And I'm like, ah, that doesn't look anything like me. And I can't imagine myself in their shoes. And it was just a weird, this weird kind of thing. I'm sure that a lot of gamers and people have that same experience. You know, that's really why we need to see more representation. We need to see more people of color on TV shows. Like, you know, because it's white people most of the time. And a lot of people are not white people. And so if you're constantly seeing white people, you don't identify. I totally get that. And I totally agree. And this is one case where trying to do one size fits all didn't really work for me. But I get Mm. what they were going for. I think it's an admirable admirable goal um the other problem i had was that i just kind of didn't really get very involved in the working at the arcade story that didn't really hook me too much it was okay i mean the writing is actually pretty funny in parts i think the writing is clever i just didn't really feel much about working at the arcade and the romantic options for me uh i just i just i wasn't really too interested in many of the people that were there like i get that they were trying to like okay here's like a big daddy bod kind of guy and Mm -hmm. here's a more athletic kind of guy and then here's like a super athletic lady and here's a lady who's maybe a little bit you know she's like more nerdy and she you know like they were trying to hit like all of the high points and i get it i just didn't really click with anybody the person i clicked with the most was my roommate um and she turns out to be the secret romance so for like three quarters of the game it does not look like you can romance her at all and then right as you're almost done with the game If you've made all the choices correct all the way up through, and actually I did. I just luckily did all the choices correct. Um, Didn't plan it that way. Then you get an option to like romance her. So I chose her. I liked her more than anybody else. Um, But I just, I don't know. I just didn't click with anybody. I just didn't feel like excited to go through the dating sim part of it. And I didn't really feel super into the job part of it. But I enjoyed it. I mean, I think it's it's, it's pretty well done. I mean, I think it, it hits the high points that people generally want to do. I laughed a couple times. I mean, it's not bad. I just, it just didn't spark with me, you know?
1: Yeah. It seems like we have very similar um, thoughts then. It's like, yeah, it's just, it's hard to finish something or well, you, although you finish it. So kudos to <clears> you. <throat> you, but it's hard to get into something that you just can't connect with. And I think with the character creator, a little bit, maybe I feel the same way as you did also with the comedy. Cause I'm, You know, I do some of the comedies and uh, the jokes didn't land with me. And then on top of that, I what that person had to go through, I didn't want to go through that. I was like, yeah, no, I did all that stuff. It's yeah, it's not me anymore. So, yeah, unfortunately, uh, good try for me. But I I, I didn't uh, I didn't get into it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you to the publisher for sending us the codes uh, to go through it. I mean, I'm glad I finished it. I'm not I didn't suck me in. And I, mean, I got to admit, you know, like I kind of like there was a few nights where I kind of didn't feel like going back to it. But I did because I kind of wanted to see where it went. I'm glad I finished it. I'm glad I saw it through. Um, but yeah, it just did not did not really click with me the way that I really like to have a click in a good visual novel or in a good dating sim like that. So
1: you know how I, mean. I uh, try to find the silver lining, I would say that for younger people, it just might click in general just because they have not went through those things uh yeah you know just got their first job or they are messing up with jobs or they haven't had a you know romantic partner yet or something yeah and it's like their kind of fulfillment wish fulfillment at home with your switch i feel like there's a version of that that works really well for a, a younger person so uh, just not even close to my realm <laughs> right <laughs> all.
0: right and tagging and tagging onto your silver lining i think that's good that you did that because i do want to say Um, you know, because I know who I am. I'm like a 40-ish guy, uh, straight white male, cis, whatever. Like, I have my own preferences, but and I I know where I'm coming from, and and to be presented with something that is not directly up my alley is totally fine. Like, I'm totally open to those other experiences. Um, It didn't click with me, this particular game, but uh, the person who covered it for us at Game Critics, uh, her name is Nikki Wall, she had a, I think she she also didn't really care for the arcade storyline, the job storyline, but she did, I think, connect with Um, the character more than we did. I think that she really appreciated that you had like gender options that that person, I guess, could, if you play them a certain way, go through some uh, gender questioning. One of the characters, I'm not going to spoil it, but one of the characters that you can romance ends up going through some, uh, you know, questioning of their own gender identity. So I think that maybe that might be a more resonant uh, touchstone for a lot of people, where if that is something that's going on in your life, it might feel really good to you to like have a game that covers some of that stuff, which I think is awesome. I think having that kind of stuff available is wonderful, and I'm all for it 100%. It didn't click with me specifically, but I think it's great, and I think that there's probably an audience out there that would really like it a lot. So I'm glad it exists. I'm glad they went that route. It's a great thing. I'd love to see more of it. Um, just this particular one just didn't click with me. That's all. Yep. All right. All right that's it that is our agenda for the show now, now carlos i'm going to ask you we do have uh we have two listener questions maybe we could do one if you want to or do you think we should wrap it up and move on to the next episode
1: we could do one i think it fits here we're about <clears throat> an hour or something so we could do one all right let's do one uh both of these and we're going to do
0: one come to us from the same person from Danasi. Uh, who I think is from Europe or somewhere over there in the European section. So thank you for listening, Denasi. Thank you for sending the questions. Really appreciate it. Uh, We will do one today. We'll do one next show. Uh, And I will choose this one. Carlos, coming from Denasi, somewhere in Europe. What is a food that you ate so much of that now you hate?
1: Oh, that I hate. I wasn't expecting that. I ate so much of. Usually when I eat something so much... It's because I can eat it forever. Um, so that's kind of a I have the opposite reaction. I hate so much. Okay, this is a fake this is a not real answer. I was gonna say a fake answer, but uh it's a partial answer. Okay. I, I used to work at Dunkin' Donuts uh on in this touristy area in New Hampshire for the summers. And we get all the free donuts we wanted, uh, you know, uh, obviously. And also, a fun story, uh, a weird story, is that they throw the donuts out two times a day. So they had fresh donuts, which is insane and a that's terrible a of, waste that's of That's a lot of waste, right? Yeah. Right. And
0: they get, you guys had a dumpster full of donuts or something, huh?
1: Right. Well, what happened is, after it was we were throwing them out, they put went into this bag, uh, not in the trash. And that bag went up to my apartment. <laughs> 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 and then i put that bag on our coffee table and then when we had people over they could all just put their hands in and get a, a donut um but the reason is yeah we had a gazillion donuts and i love donuts but i was like okay i don't want any more donuts
0: you're gonna donuts for a yeah. while that's one are you, one, are you okay one. to eat donuts now or do you still feel like yeah you're a bit averse yeah
1: that's why i think it's like a not a it's a fake answer because i i can still eat them well how about you
0: I don't know, man. This is a really tough one because I'm a big food guy. I can cook really well. My wife cooks really well. I like to eat really well. Um we're doing a lot of cooking recently with the COVID-19. We're not going out to restaurants, so we're really focusing a lot on trying to make good dishes at home to kind of help, you know, put some spark back in our housebound life and, you know, we're we're doing a lot of things. I Ooh. mean,
1: sorry. I, I th- just I just thought of two answers. Go ahead though
0: okay okay uh I, but I, I gotta be honest uh denasi i really can't think of anything that i've eaten so much that i didn't want to eat i think probably the closest i come was one time i bought a big tub of hummus i really like hummus especially if it's really good quality hummus and i just i bought an extra big one because i'm like you know i always feel like we run out of hummus too quick and I, I feel like i never get enough of it so i bought an extra big one i was splurging one time And we just like started eating the hummus and we got, I think we ate the entire container and it was a big container. And by the time I got to the end of it, I'm like, I have never had enough hummus in my life, but tonight I feel like I've had enough hummus and I don't feel like I need any more hummus for a while. So I don't think I had it for like six months afterwards, but I've had it since then. So it's not like I kicked it out of my life forever, but I think binging on a big tub of hummus one night is probably the closest I've come to like overdosing on a food that I really enjoy.
1: Yeah, I was going to say um, and hummus. I, I don't like hummus a lot, and I feel like that would just quickly become something I don't want to eat again. Um, so I have two answers. One is the easy answer, which we maybe it's for both of us. It's ramen noodles.
0: Ah, ramen noodles. Right? Okay. In college,
1: I think I had a bazillion of those, and now if I have them, I'm like, yeah, I probably sh- I don't think I want this anymore. Like, because that that old trigger comes in and goes. You had a million of these, and because you were poor, and it's just that's what you ate. Um, it's, what, it's what I had for lunch. It's what you had for lunch today. Literally had it for lunch today. Yes. Okay. Let me let me be specific. The shitty ramen noodles that are like thirty three cents that have yeah, a lot of bad. salt in those them. Are bad. Yeah, okay, those are bad. Okay, that's what I mean. I don't mean good ramen is great. You know, out at a place or at home. So okay, my real answer I think is also those uh, little frozen. They were called they were called Michelinas. I'm not sure if that's what they are, but some of those. Yeah. Some of those frozen things that are like the noodles are really bad when you microwave them. And, you know, again, I had a gazillion because I didn't have any money. And they're uh, like
0: lean cuisine or like little frozen meals. And they're like they're the really cheapy kind. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm not talking Amy's
1: like Amy's is still good. Get me a pesto bowl. I'm good. But like the really shitty ones, (laughs) like, I don't know if I can process my stomach can process those anymore.
0: (laughs) I I bought those all the time when I was working um, downtown because I didn't want to pack a lunch. And so I would often get those. And we were, you know, pretty tight on money. So I'd buy a couple of those. I would always get the um, the fake pizza rolls one where it would have like eight really cheapy, small like pizza rolls inside a little thing. And they weren't even like name brand pizza rolls. They were Michelina's fakey pizza rolls. And they were pretty gross. But, you know you're hungry, you've only got a couple bucks in your pocket, you got to get something to get you through the day. I mean, it filled up my stomach more than once on a day when I needed something, so I'm grateful for that. But yeah, I don't know that I would be coming back to those anytime soon.
1: (laughs) Okay, well, that's some answers.
0: All right, we got some answers. Thank you, uh, Denasi, for the question. We will get to your other question next time. And that is going to do it for this show. Uh, But before we go, uh, as you just heard, we love to get questions and comments and feedback and anything from people who listen up. So please uh, send us your thoughts, send us your questions. Hit us up, podcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter collectively, at Games, But you can hit us individually. Carlos, where can people find you this week?
1: Um, yeah, I just did this uh, little thing called the 8 Second Show on TikTok. And I'm going to start messing with that a little bit. So it's just 8 Second Show on TikTok. Check that out. Is that
0: spelled out, E E I G H T, or is sorry. it the number
1: 8? Good call, the number 8. Uh, second show eight eight number second show and the first one you know got a bunch of views and it was really silly and I'm just trying to make like uh, little statements in eight seconds so check them out
0: okay sounds good as per usual with me you can find me on Twitter and Instagram mostly Twitter but definitely on Instagram Uh, B R A D G A L L A W A Y all A's no O's and that is going to do it for episode 187 thank you again for joining us here at so video games and we'll be back before you know it. But in the meantime, this is bye from Brad.
1: And uh, yeah, what What do I got for you? I tell you what. Uh, oh, here's what I got for you. If you like, <laughs> if you like Goosebumps, right? And, you, and we we're talking about Goosebumps, earlier, And oh I, I God, forgot to yeah. bring this up. Hold on. This is there's a point here. Okay, I'm waiting. Here we go. I'm just doing a voice for no reason. But uh, <laughs> you mentioned Twilight Zone in your Goosebumps. And the new season of Twilight Zone, PSA, is very good. Uh, Okay. Yeah, because the first season was not, and I did not like it at all. And I'm telling you, here from Carlos and So Video Games Podcast, which is not about TV shows, Twilight Zone Season 2. Get into it. Check it out.
0: Fair enough. All right. (laughs) Catch you next week, folks.
1: Bye.